Hello and welcome to another episode of The Remake Mistake, brought to you by WolfbaneBlooms.com. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at an original horror movie, as well as its remake, in order to answer two questions. First, does the remake stand up to the original? And second, should it have been remade at all? Or was this remake a mistake? Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms. And the autumn moon is bright. I forgot the first rule of remakes, Joe. Don't fuck with the original. All right, it is officially summer, so for this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Friday the 13th and its reboot, remake, reimagining Friday the 13th. I'm American <laughs> with me as always is Mike. Hello. So, um, it's hard to know what to call the 2009 Friday the 13th. Yeah. I don't know. It's. We're going to pretend it's a remake for the remake mistake. Yeah, but I think that we'll talk about the, fir- the original 1980 and then maybe reference the first four yeah because technically the 2009 one is a reimagining of just a hodgepodge yeah stories from the first four friday the 13th movies yeah which i've seen all four and i couldn't tell you anything about two three or four two three or four yeah they're all pretty much the same stuff yeah except four four is the one with uh feldman Corey feldman ah yes Corey Feldman. And the third one's the one in 3D where he gets the mask. I only remember one thing from Friday the 13th 3D. Which part? It's the part that you talked about for two hours before we started the oh, movie. I love that movie. That's my <laughs> That's, favorite of all of them. I think it's the harpoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the harpoon. That's that's the first time you see him with the mask, too. He yeah. walks out on that dock with the mask. She's she's looking. And then a harpoon. Yeah, it's right great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of parts that you shouldn't remember, though. I love that movie. Yeah, I, from what I remember, I, uh, I enjoyed it. That's the thing with these movies. There, None of them are good. Mm. The first one is great. Well, yeah, but even the first one is like a very good B movie. Yeah. And then the rest of them are just bad B movies. For sure. People love the, the series. Though. I love the series. I know you're not a huge fan of them. Nah, I mean, I just, I prefer Mike Myers or... See, yeah, and I would consider Michael Myers to be more of a a movie. Yeah, well, it's very professional. Very. Yeah. I mean, these are professional too, but they're not schlocky as much. Yeah, I think you know, the you know Freddy, Jason, Michael get like the trio comparison sometime. But I think Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. No, wait, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street are much better. Oh, absolutely. Films. I would put Friday Thirteenth. Or Jason in general, the third of all of them. Yeah. But he's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, Friday the 13th director, um, Sean Cunningham, he's openly said that this was basically a, a Halloween you know, oh, yeah. cash he grab. absolutely said it. Yeah. I think he was just looking to capitalize on that success. Yeah, and that documentary, they made one just like they did for the Nightmare on Elm Street, the... Never memories. sleep again. Yeah, this one's memories from Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys said that he basically came up and said, oh, "Halloween's doing well. Let's rip this off." <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and they had no idea it was going to work that much. Um, it has more sequels than Halloween. Yeah, it's up to twelve. Yeah. Twelve movies in the whole thing, counting the remake. Is that more than Friday the Thirteenth too? 
or god dang, it's the second time I said that. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare yeah. at seven. Oh, okay. So wait. Although they do share one. Yeah. Did they just do one of those or two of those? Just one. Oh. What do I know? Anyway. It took like 15 years to do it, but they did it. <laughs> Let's talk about Friday the 13th, 1980. Huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I've seen this movie so many times yeah. that I almost wasn't going to watch it again before we recorded this, but um, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I haven't watched the original one since we started doing all this stuff. Yeah. The podcast and everything. So I wanted to, I'm just curious how I would look at it. Because yeah. I looked at Nightmare very differently. Sure. Knowing that you're going to have to be talking about it for yeah. an hour. With a critical eye. Yeah, yeah, critical eye. Um, <laughs> so I just watched it this morning. Um, and, you know, it was great. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really looking forward to watching it, but I still enjoyed it. Neither was I. Yeah. It's one of those movies where I get more enjoyment out of watching it um, with other people. Yeah. Like, that's a fun group movie. And that's why I like these movies, because they're fun summertime movies. Yeah. It wasn't as fun at 10 in the morning by myself, but, you know, can't win them all. (laughs) Uh, Movie opens in 1958 at Camp Crystal Lake, um, and it's just, you get this POV shot that's going to be, for most of the movie, it's very um, Black Christmas, um, classic POV shot. Yeah, Um, I mean, did that too. Two counselors get killed right out of the gate, and it kind of sets the tone for the kills of this movie, in which they're going to be anticlimactic and off-screen. <laughs> no, a lot of the kills are on-screen. No, they're not. You'll you'll realize as we're going through, very, very few of the kills are on-screen. Maybe mm-hmm. two. Well, we see the immediate aftermath. Yeah, but that's not an on-screen kill. Mm-hmm. When someone goes off-screen and gets killed, and then you see their body later, that's an off-screen kill. We see a lot of kills. Here we go. We'll go right through it. All right. So, title screen, June 13th, The Present. So, you know. 1980. <laughs> Present day, 1980. Um, we meet Annie, who is hiking to Camp Blood. And um, then we get a Ralph, who's our, our old, old-timer. Mm-hmm. The Doom. The Sarah. Doomsayer. He prophesies... Uh, the death curse and then pedals away on his little bicycle. Yeah. Which is great. I love that guy. Yeah, he's cool. Um, <laughs> we quickly meet all of our counselors who mm-hmm. get to camp uh, owned by a guy named Steve Christie who bought the camp and is fixing the place up. Um, pretty much as soon as the counselors get there, Steve just leaves and leaves these kids basically yeah. alone at the camp. He does a little bit of work tries to make some advances. Yeah. Gets shot down and leaves. Yeah. And then he just goes. Goes into town. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Annie, who was, who was hitchhiking, gets picked up in a Jeep. Um, gets thrown out of the car. Gets mm-hmm. chased through the woods. Right. And gets her throat slit, which is maybe one of two kills we see on screen. I, I can think of three already. All right. We'll get there. Um, which... To interject here, I know that this is supposed to be pretty much an almost direct ripoff of Halloween, but this movie feels a lot more like a, like I was watching it this time and I was making a lot more parallels to Psycho. Like there's so many. Like immediately you would think that that, that Annie is going to be the main person in it because we spend so much time with her yeah right out of the beginning no she dies yeah just like genuinely that is interesting yeah and then the whole mother-son thing 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it even surprised me again this time how early Annie dies. Yeah. I always forget that it's pretty much right out of the right out of the gate. Well, she's a forgettable character, more or less. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't even make it to the camp. No. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the other can- counselors now that Steve left, they go swimming. Um, we just start meeting some of them, I guess. We have Ned, who's like the fool. Yeah. He stages this elaborate drowning just to get mouth to mouth. Yeah, he that guy. It's a classic Ned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> classic Ned. Jackass. Um, and then... They find a snake in one of the cabins, and the dude hacks it up with a machete. Yeah. An Which actual a real, snake. Yeah, a real snake. That's horrible. It is horrible. I, I almost wish I didn't know that it was a real snake. It just makes it worse. Yeah. When you watch it. Um, and then Ralph shows up again, and he's just standing in a pantry. <laughs> yeah, what was he doing? Because <laughs> you know where he took his bicycle to. Maybe she should have gotten on his handlebars. Yeah. He'd have still been alive. Um, was he just waiting in the pantry for somebody to open the door? Maybe he was in there looking for some food. <laughs> like, what is, I wonder what he does. I'd like to see a Ralph movie. A spinoff movie? Yeah. About Ralph? Yeah, what he does. Just goes around. Spoiler alert, he dies in the second one. <laughs> is it the same actor? Yeah, he nice. came back. Oh, Ralph. Um, so he, they, they, he comes out of the pantry just spouting, you know, nonsense and mm-hmm. raving at the kids about... That he is the messenger of God. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, it starts pouring rain, and it pretty much pours rain from now through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which, you know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Bacon's also in this movie. How have we not mentioned Kevin Bacon yet? I don't know. It's a big, big surprise. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Kevin Bacon's in the movie. 37-year-old movie. <laughs> He's one that we see. Yeah, that's the other one I'm thinking of. And then we see the what's your name with the getting shot with the arrows. No, man, we don't. No, swear we did. I know. I thought so too. Hmm. Unless there's like a different cut out there, but I watched the DVD cut and she's out in the archery range, and then it cuts away and you hear her scream in the distance, and that's it. Hmm. They do play around with her a lot first, though. Yeah, shooting the arrows and everything. Sure. You see Ned shoot an arrow while she's standing right next to the... Yeah, see, that's another reason why Ned is a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bad man. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Kevin Bacon is um, fooling around with Marcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even really going to say anybody's names in this because it's so pointless. Yeah. Other than a few characters, you don't need to know anybody's names. It's true. The remake, especially, there's like 15 characters in that movie. There, yeah. And I don't know any of their names. There are 13 deaths in that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that's part of the documentary they were talking about that. Yeah. It was intentional. Is that or, the most deaths in a Friday the 13th movie? I don't know. Hmm. It brings it up to like 160-something, though. Wow. So span that across. 12 movies. 11 movies. Hmm. Interesting. 13. Yeah. Um. So Jack and Marcy are fooling around in this bottom bunk. And they're not fooling around. They're boning. They're boning in the bottom bunk. And it pans up and Ned um, is dead. <laughs> Ned's dead. He's got his throat slit in the bunk above them. Yeah. So we don't know how he got done in. He's just got his throat slit. That's the only one that we 
that's more of a mystery, I think. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the other three counselors who are left are playing Strip Monopoly. Which one of them, the other guy, is the son of Bing Crosby. No kidding. Yeah, Harry Crosby. <laughs> Perfect. Which I forgot. And then rewatching it, I thought, this guy's not that bad. The acting really isn't that bad throughout no, this. not at all. Throughout both of them, I guess. Yeah. Although there's moments in the remake. Well, I think that might suffer from the script. Yeah, it's also very clearly a product of like that 2009. Yeah, would you say it's very campy? Yeah. Yeah, sure, we'll say it's campy. Campy Crystal Lake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let myself out. Um... We see Jack and Marcy die now. Jack, this is mm-hmm. probably like the famous death from this movie. Second, I'd say. Who's the first? I would, Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, at the end. Yeah, sure. I feel like anyway, that's the most iconic. Kevin Bacon uh, lying in the bunk after Marcy leaves gets an arrow shoved up through his through the bed through his throat. Pushed by, which might be a good time to mention it, uh, makeup artist Tom Savini. Yeah. Yeah, he did the... All the makeup and stuff. He's the one that pushed the arrow through the fake body. Yeah. And then a little air pump to shoot blood. Mm-hmm. But uh, something went wrong and his assistant had to blow air through it. It was just supposed to be a little bit of blood coming out, but it shot out. <laughs> it does shoot out. Yeah. It's like there's like a one spurt at the end that like almost goes in his mouth. Yeah. It's it was like a... just supposed to be a little bit coming out. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, and then... While that's happening, Marcy is, like, in the bathroom, and um, she gets axed in the face. Yeah. Which is a super, super cool, like, prosthetic after she gets the axe in the face. Yeah. But again, you don't see it. She just falls into frame. And one shot that always I thought was weird every time I saw it was when the axe is coming down, it hits the, or going up one of the two, hits the light. Mm. I was like, that's weird to put in. Like, it doesn't add too much. And then watching that documentary, they said it was because... They wanted to show that's a real axe. Oh, Could you not hear like that a kink? yeah, not like a pl- rubber axe or whatever, plastic. Yeah. You're into a fake head, right? And she bumped her head to show that it was a real head. <laughs> All right. Um, so now who's left? We got uh, Harry Crosby. Harry Crosby, <laughs> uh, Alice, who's our our final girl, mm-hmm. and um, Brenda, the g- girl we were just talking about, the who, one who gets arrowed. Yeah. So she's in bed at this point. She hears a little boy yelling for help. Who was that? I'm assuming oh, I guess it, was it was her. A, yeah. yeah, I guess she sounds like a little boy. Yes. So just a little boy yelling, help me, help me. So she follows it to the archery range, as we kind of discussed. She's like backs up against one of the targets. Lights uh, go on, yeah. cut away, and then you hear a oh, scream. The spotlight, yeah. Yeah. Do we see the, what's his name, the camp, head of the camp? Who left to go to... I, he's on his way. He's going to be coming back in a minute, yeah, With I think. one of the words... Oh, we skipped a part I wanted to mention. What's that? Which is the... I said the acting was pretty good. Yeah. One... There are two parts that are the worst. One is the waitress in the restaurant. Oh, man. She was so Yeah, but bad. I don't think that was a... I don't think that was an actor. That was just someone who worked there. Oh, very clearly that was just a woman at the restaurant. However, the actor... The actor playing the cop is a real actor and my god was he terrible really he's so like he's just i don't know he really milked it 
way <laughs> over the top. And just that short scene where he's yeah. driving him? Yeah. No, in that short scene where he shows up on the motorcycle. Oh, the motorcycle cop. Yeah, 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 that yeah, cop. yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's making all the weird, like, weed jokes. Yeah. And, uh... He's, like, real aggressive for no reason. Yeah. Even though that Ned is a jackass. Yeah, and, and he's dressed up as an Indian. He's yeah. calling him Coaches and Tonto. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And then Kevin Bacon goes to touch the motorcycle, and he's weird. <laughs> that is a really kind of almost surreal scene. Yeah. The whole sequence is strange. Yeah, they Kevin Bacon's just, like, touching his motorcycle. They didn't even want the cops. Or I think one of... I don't remember who. There were basically two running this movie was Cunningham and... Is it Victor Miller, the other guy? That might have been. He's the writer. I don't know if he had... I don't know. Might have been. But they uh, didn't want a cop there to show that this isn't a place where cops really go to, so there was no help. And the other thing was when they were filming that scene, the motorcycle cop fell off of his motorcycle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When he was like trying to turn around? Yeah, he said he's never ridden a motorcycle before, and he fell on his ass. That's amazing. Even in those interviews, because in this documentary, they have pretty much everybody back. Except the famous people. Sure. No Kevin Bacon. No Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And there's some other ones throughout. Corey Feldman actually narrates it, but nice. what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he even comes off almost exactly like that character, though. So yeah. there's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that motorcycle cop scene, though, um, that, like, watching that scene made me appreciate the tone of this movie a lot more than the remake. Like... Just how we were talking, how it was kind of almost surreal, just like very strange. It felt mm-hmm. loose. It felt like natural. Just like, it's just these kids, you know? Yeah, it felt like kids. Yeah, whereas like in the remake, there's you don't really have that like loose, like fun, friendly feel. Well, even that a lot of in that in a row, but. <laughs> in that documentary, they talk about the one actor who plays the guy who should be named Chad. Oh, Trent. in the remake? Trent. Yeah, Trent. Yeah. We'll talk about him when we get there, but he was saying, he he was just describing what's happening next. And he says, all these people come up and I don't like any of them and none of them like me. <laughs> That's the exact yeah. vibe of the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um. <laughs> but yeah, in the original one, everybody seems to like each other, even put up with stupid Ned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all, even though they don't all know each other, they're all just friendly to each other. Yeah. Like you would That's expect weird. people to be. Yeah. They aren't supposed to know each other yeah i mean not, not all of them at least yeah um yeah i don't know it just felt more like a group of you know teenagers would be yeah that's real weird yeah anyway um all right so bill and alice now are the only two left other than other than steve christie the owner yeah um so they're kind of around investigating they find a bloody axe in brenda's bed mm-hmm. um Put to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's just tucked head. in. Yeah, <laughs> got the head on the pillow. Surprised didn't have a little nightcap on. Um, <laughs> Steve Christie is headed back to camp. His car breaks down, so he gets a ride from a cop. That was the cop I thought you were talking. Oh about. yeah, no, that guy's fine. He's only in it for like a minute. Yeah, that's why I don't remember him. Um, he gets dropped off at the camp entrance and meets, sees someone there with, out with a flashlight that he obviously recognizes. Yeah, um, and then gets stabbed. Which brings me to a question. That I never thought about before. So has she just been living there the whole time? Or is she coming back to work? I don't know. Because she introduces herself at the end. She just says, like, oh, I'm a friend of the Christie's. I used to work at this camp. So I guess she, I wonder if she just lived off somewhere on the lake. Yeah, she's just driving her 
a jeep around yeah weird it is weird was she planning this what was well i'm assuming that she knew steve christie was reopening the camp so maybe she was friends with uh what's his name fred not fred the doomsayer oh ralph ralph thank you fred (laughs) jeez Um, anyways yeah maybe they were friends and she said if anyone tries to open this again i'm gonna kill everyone so he knew what was gonna happen yeah, it's possible. I yeah. mean, what has she been doing? It's We've gone from 1958, was the like, year that the two counselors were killed in the beginning, yeah. to 1980. So what has she been doing for 22 years? She's been eluding the police. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just been like totally um, living a normal life. Who, did anyone get pinned for those original murders? <laughs> I assume not. They should make a prequel. Yeah, there you go. It's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Don't encourage it's people. better than... Other than the idea they had for the sequel that got scrapped. Mm. Well, we can talk about that yeah. when we wrap this. Um, so now Bill, Steve Christie's dead, so Bill goes out to uh, fix the generator. The power's gone out from the mm-hmm. storm. Um, Bill. Yeah. It, uh, Harry Crosby. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, never comes back, so Alice goes to look for him, finds his body impaled on the door. Mm-hmm. Um Runs back to the cabin and then has an extended sequence of barricading the door. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was giving her, she's doing a good job, I guess. <laughs> we didn't need to see it per se. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was really impressed, though. The first thing she does is she finds a rope, like throws it over a rafter, mm-hmm. and like ties it to the door handle. That you was, never would have thought no, of that. No, who would have ever thought of that? That's You never see anybody do that when they're barricading a door. Well, they don't have a rafter. I guess. <laughs> But it seemed like that would have been pretty effective. And then she spent another like minute and a half shoving chair, like folding chairs <laughs> yes. and very small end tables. Yeah. She gets a table out and she makes a blueprint of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I remember that part. And then, you know, she spends all this time barricading the door and then just goes over to each window and like gently draws the blinds. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, where does... Uh, the person come in through the window. Yeah. Throws well, yeah. throws Brenda's Which, dead body. I'm pretty through the sure that's something that run like a thread that runs through all of the Friday the thirteenth movie. Something or someone goes through a window. Is that in true? In a big dramatic fashion. Interesting. I don't know if that's true, it's just what I've noticed. Yeah. Some of them I haven't like Jason takes Manhattan. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I don't even know if that's the real if title. If he's in Manhattan, I'm guaranteeing someone's getting thrown through a window. He's on a boat through most of that. So. Okay. <laughs> of course he is. Jason takes a trip to Manhattan yeah. is what it should have been called. <laughs> eventually he gets there. You know in Jurassic Park 2 where the dinosaur eventually gets to... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> San Diego. Perfect. Um, Mrs. Voorhees played uh, expertly by Betsy Palmer. Yeah. Um, who hated the role though, right? Afterwards. At first, yeah. When she was reading it, she didn't like it or anything. This is just garbage. Yeah. But she loves it now. Well, all that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. And she said people come up to her and like give them her their children to take a picture with. Like, why do you want a picture with this killer? Yeah. And then uh, they explain why. Yeah. She shows up. Alice uh, obviously runs out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, and this is an ex- this is such a long sequence yeah. from here to the end of the movie. Just it's watching just it just now, chasing. I was really um, surprised by how long it was. Yeah. It's just periods of they kind of struggle for a second. Alice knocks her on the head. She goes down. Real head. <laughs> yeah. Runs to the next location. 
you know, Mrs. Voorhees just makes her way over there. They kind <laughs> of uh, gingerly struggle again until she gets knocks in the head. I think that happens three times, maybe four times. Yeah, but we didn't have as many slasher movies to think that it was going to continue She's on. She's just going to keep coming And we know back. how this is going to end. Yeah. Um, she starts out pretty normal, and then she has flashes and she of... she goes nuts. Yeah, she has flashes of Jason drowning and kind of just loses her mind. Yeah, but she does a very good job. Oh, she's great. Um, yeah. So basically, I mean, Alice just keeps bashing her. Uh, she bashes her with a fire poker, and she bashes her with a frying pan. A lot of bashing. Yeah. Uh, one time, I think she just shoves her down. <laughs> <laughs> you mean she bashes her down to the ground? Yeah, she bashes <laughs> her to the ground. Um, eventually, they end up by the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice is in a canoe. She, Mrs. Voorhees comes running up, and they've with the machete, and they struggle for a minute. Alice gets a hold of the machete. And infamously decapitates her. Lobs her off. Yeah. She swipes her head off. Yeah. Um, she falls asleep in the canoe. Mm-hmm. Wakes up the next morning. The cops arrive. And then we get the classic um, yeah. ending Nick. of Jason jumping out of the water. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And grabbing a hold of her. Yeah, which is supposed to be a dream. Is it? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what everyone has said. That's why the people who... They were confused about the sequel pretty much everyone that made the original right yeah i'm confused about the sequel and i whether or not it's a dream which i think that the remake kind of addresses that with a quick voiceover saying like you just hear mother for he's saying like avenge my death or something like she calls him back from the grave yeah which he's some horrible i think they call him a mongoloid in the documentary. That's fitting. Yeah. Um, and which Betsy Palmer was horrified by. By what? She was looking at the pictures and she came across that one and said, oh, who's that? Because they kind of came to that late in the stage of yeah. production. They said, oh, that's your son. He goes, well, why does he look so weird? He goes, He's a mongoloid. He goes, that wasn't in the script. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, had a hell of a time with it. Yeah. That... That ending, too, is supposed to be kind of, not an homage, but um, replicating the feel of the end of Carrie. Oh, no, it's directly ripped off. Yeah. Again, um, these people had no yeah, no qualms about admitting <laughs> they ripped things off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. It was at a time when the style was so new that you could get away with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then yeah, Alice wakes up screaming in the hospital, I guess, so that would indicate that it was a dream. Yeah. I don't know. Asking where the boy was, and that cop badly delivers. There was no boy. And he's still down there, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And that's the end of the movie. Yep. Pretty good. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Which, I feel like this movie doesn't get as much credit as it should. I mean, maybe it doesn't serve credit, but... Because it... I feel like a lot of the slasher stereotypes, archetypes, whatever, start in this one. Not so much with Halloween... Sure. Because you don't get the, you know, like someone, the doomsayer. Mm-hmm. You don't get the as cliched characters. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Even like, I feel like even the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies and Halloween movies take more from the Friday the 13th yeah. style than they do from their own original Absolutely. films, yeah. which is interesting. Because you have the, I, I made sure I wrote this down. Like, you get things like the, you know, I even wrote down Fred, even though his name is Ralph. I don't know why I thought his name was Fred. 
That threw me. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyways, you get him, and then you get the goofy guy, and you get the cabin in the woods type thing. Sure. None of that was Halloween. No. Yeah, it's interesting. No. I um. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the kind of as we were talking about. I don't mm-hmm. really like the direction that they took the franchise. I'm not even a huge fan of Jason as a character. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like as a fan of the original, it's harder to be a fan of the rest of the series. Yeah. I would imagine people who are huge fans of the series and Jason, mm-hmm. like, probably find the first one very boring, right? Because I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's. Logically, that makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, oh, this is the almost like a prequel, if you will. This yeah. is where it starts. This yeah, is where that's true. The whole thing's about Jason, and this is the beginning thing. Yeah, this is pre-Jason. Yeah, which I'm glad that they never tried to bring back the mother character in any way. She stayed dead. That's true. Yeah, he didn't like you know find a voodoo doctor and have yeah. them bring her back to life or something. Yeah, nothing weird like that. Although it's never too late, man. And his... I appreciate Jason's story more than any of the other ones. Like, Freddy has... Like, later in the series for Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, they gave him weird backstories. Yeah. Like, Freddy is born because his mom was... Or, a, yeah, was a nun in a mental institution. And she got raped by a thousand maniacs. And oh that's how God. Freddy was born. That's true. Yeah, and then later with Halloween, they made Michael Myers be like some cultish figure that was cursed or something. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was just, he was a freak kid that got killed. And his mom, yeah. I guess, brought him back. That is like the gray area, I think. Yeah. Have they ever really addressed how he was brought no, back? Even in the documentary, they were yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. We're like, well, that it's they're back. That part wasn't a dream, I guess. He's back. Yeah. He's been lying dormant. Yeah. I mean, he bas- he, he has some sort of special ability, so obviously. Maybe he was just a freak. He's some sort of unkillable... Monster. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis-style unbreakable monster. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I buy into that. Yeah, it is what Enough. it is. I think that... Um, that like I mentioned once or twice as we were talking about it, but there were a few parts in this movie that surprised me how kind of long and drawn out they were mm-hmm. especially for a movie that's only an hour and a half yeah there yeah. were there were moments that felt like oof man yeah it's not really moving but i mean and again in defense of it they're with the later ones i mean all of franchises get kind of they become you know they get their everything's tight sure and and i, and I mean i guess i should say that like those that weird slow feeling is something that i missed in the remake because yeah it's it's you know it's in that later style of slasher movie and it's also about an hour and a half and it just feels like every sequence is just is just progressing towards the next kill Mm -hmm. and you're just waiting you know oh we got 10 minutes of this person getting killed 10 minutes of this and it just moves on like that whereas in this in the original you don't have that there's kind of like this winding plot where you're just like, you don't know who's going to get it more when. A, they even say that in the documentary. That's more of a mystery. It is. Totally. Like a whodunit. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels a lot like a mystery. Yeah. Especially when um, almost every character who gets it, like, acknowledges, right? And, yeah, and when you think of a slasher know. movie, yeah, you think of, like, they see the killer, they start screaming and running. But this is like, yeah. oh, hey, what are you doing here? And then they get slashed. Yeah. 
So it's like, oh, obviously it's it's not a horrible monster. It's not Jason in a with a burlap sack over his head. Yeah, which they for the remake had a lot of difficulty with the script and constantly changing and fighting with the producers and stuff like that. So that's not surprising. Nope. Oh well, yeah. I mean, they were talking about the original scenes for certain scenes, and they seemed like it was going to be a lot like deeper of a movie almost, mm-hmm. which seems weird to say, but more like the original, I guess. Sure. Like a little more going on. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to talk about this, uh, this remake here? Yeah. All right. 2009, Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. I guess, you know, that period of time, they were making... All sorts of remakes, right? Yeah. They've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which is what propelled them to do this one, because they got uh, the same director, yes, I think. Yes, it is the same. Pretty much the only two like major movies he's done. No. Yeah. Um, Marcus actually, Nispel is his name. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted to do Marcus it because Nispel. I think he had such success with Texas Chainsaw, and then he with he wanted another hit, so he said, let's redo this one. Hmm. Well... I have feelings on that, but whatever. Well, has to be done. This has a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fair. It's decent, all things considered, but the original only has 59, I think. Oh, Chris. Seems low, hated right? That movie. Yeah. They like there's a part of the thing where they're talking about uh, like Gene Sisko how how he just said, shame on you, Betsy Palmer, for doing this. How can you do this after, you know, you were these yeah, kind of lovable yeah. characters? Huh. And her reaction was, you know, those who can do and those who can't criticize or nice. something like that. Yeah. So, It's interesting. I mean, when you think of, like, the tent poles of modern horror, you it's, wouldn't think of one getting, like, being that disliked. It makes sense. Yeah. At the time when sure. this was something new and more or less trashy. Yeah. In terms of, you know, yeah. what's coming out. For sure. Um, <clears throat> this is written by the two guys behind Freddy vs. Jason. Yes. Uh, Damien yeah. Shannon and Mark Swift. Yeah, which they said they wanted to make a little bit darker than Freddy vs. Jason. Well, which is fair. Yeah. Plus a lot of the comedy comes from Freddy anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. which to go back to the original and talking about the critics and stuff, they, like, someone, like, I didn't realize how horrible some of these people had it. Like, the, someone listed, like, printed some or Betsy Palmer's phone number and said, "Call her up and tell her how disappointed you are," or stuff Jeez. like that. And uh, the main girl—I don't know the actress's name or the girl for that matter—I should. <laughs> but she got, like, it got big, and she got a stalker, like, real bad. This is all in the documentary. <clears throat> But it, like, culminated to her having a gun held against her head by the stalker and all this crazy stuff. Wow. So. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I forgot about it. And then I've watched, like, I watched the documentary before and forgot and watched it again. And that's messed up. Is this that eight-hour documentary that you are talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's a long documentary. <laughs> I watched it in a span of two weeks. I didn't yeah. even watch all of it yet. Yeah, that's I mean, that's crazy. rewatch. I just wanted to watch it for this. Yeah. Um... All right, this, uh, there's so many people in this movie. Not famous people, mind you, just people. Um, but the main star, I guess, is Jared Padalecki, who plays Clay, who is one half of um, the Supernatural team, which we had the other guy on our 
um, My Bloody Valentine episode. Yeah, which they were filming at the same time during their break for the show. Is that true? Yep. One did significantly better than the other. Which one? This one. Oh, <laughs> is it bad that I had no idea? No. Well, this one actually is, it was like the highest of the remakes. Oh. Highest grossing of the remakes. Yeah. And then in its second weekend, dropped 80%. Wow. That's, yeah, that's bad. That's Usually here are like 25 or something or 30. Yeah. No one um, wanted it. All right. So this one, this is going to be hard to talk about just because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of want, we got to go through all the kills at least, but I think we'll harp less on the actual characters' names Which and also, motivations. I wanted just... to say that of all the franchises, the Halloween, just the big three, the Halloween franchise, the kills are just kind of, okay, like he's killing because he just needs to kill. The Nightmare on Elm Street, those are so like cartoonish, mm-hmm. most of them. And then this one, I feel like these are, the kills are the best part of these movies. Sure. They're more they're inventive but they're not too over the top. Yeah. Which I think in the remake worked well. Yeah. I like, mean, I thought so. Yeah. Some and good kills they in there. Paid some homage to the original. Yeah. Um this one opens June 13th, 1980. Mm. So this is where it automatically gets kind of muddy as to whether it's a a remake or a sequel or a reimagining. Because yeah. in the first, in the first ten minutes of the movie, probably not even ten minutes. In the first five minutes, we get the basically the whole first movie. I feel like it's just the last scene. It pretty, yeah, it's it's basically the Alice character running through the woods from Mrs. Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees catches up to her. She lobs her head off. Yeah. And I mean that's pretty much it. So in yeah. terms of the remake, that's it. That's the yeah. remake. Yeah. And right there, that shows that. People who made this movie expected everybody to be aware of the original. Sure. Because they, that's it. Yeah. And I mean, that was like, that sequence was very true mm-hmm. to the original movie. I mean, it was. It was almost shot for shot. Yeah. They didn't like take any liberties with that story. Like that yeah. was the same story. Yeah. To get into the, into the rest of it, which, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And then we get the present day Camp Crystal Lake headline again. Mm-hmm. So this would be 2009. Um, you've got your five twenty-somethings hiking through the woods, and they're looking for weed crops. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, they get lost, set up camp. We get the backstory of Jason, kind of like the you know around the campfire. Yeah, the like is, boogeyman ghost story thing, which is how the documentary opens. Oh, really? Yeah, with Corey Feldman sitting around a campfire with people talk, basically giving a line from the movie about you know this is how it all started type yeah. thing. Um, the only two characters from this that we're going to give a name, I think, would be Wade, mm-hmm. who's kind of the one who knows all, everything, the backstory. Oh, in this open part, yeah. Yeah, and then Richie, who just wears... Who's the, the only recognizable, real recognizable face who went on to do anything afterwards. Who is he? I mean, I've seen, he was on Mad Men for a few oh. seasons. He's on that uh, Superstore show, if that thing's still going. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um... So anyway, we got Wade and Richie. Those are the only two you need to know. Um, they're camping out with other people. Wade's wandering through the woods, and he finds the weed plants mm-hmm. by peeing on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just gets macheted by Jason. Yeah. Right. Actually, I don't even know. He just gets his neck, his throat slit. Not mm. even like a real machete. Mm. 
Also, Jason is cosplaying as Darkman at this point. Well, no, he's wearing the... This is where the second one comes in, where he's wearing the bag over his head. It looks like... In the second one, he just wears the bag over his head. It looks more like an Invisible Man wrap. Or that that Spawn movie. Oh, yeah. Looks like that. That's what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah, the iconic bag on his head with the one hole cut out. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Two of the other people kids out of the five i guess they're a couple and they're they stumble through the woods into the like dilapidated Voorhees family home yeah they're, they're actually the only ones to go into camp crystal like mm. yeah which brings up a a thing about you know the the rest of this movie is that most of the kills in the bulk of this movie don't take place at the camp. They just yeah, take place they, on Crystal Lake. Yeah, because the reason, and I know this was a big issue with you. And <laughs> I, I had I had some motivation I issues. completely understand yeah. why Jason now all of a sudden is out killing this like beautiful cabin. Mm. Not even a cabin. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's a mansion. It's a mansion. It's a yeah, why home. he's coming out now and wreaking havoc on all this stuff. And from... Kind of what I gathered, and from the actual documentary, they said that he was just there, and then when these two at the beginning wandered in and disrupted into his territory, I guess, that set him out to go out and kill. Oh. So, otherwise... So those two kind of ruined it for everybody else. Yeah, so if they would have been, you know, if they would have just stayed off of it, he would have been fine. Interesting. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Which they don't do a very good job of explaining. No, not at all. The only close you get to that is close explanation is when or later in the movie when Clay is looking for his sister and he comes across that old lady who says we leave him alone and he leaves us alone basically yeah, yeah. Um, so they go into the house they, they're just creeping around they find uh, like a shrine with a hole in the wall Brainiac mm-hmm. reaches into the dark hole and pulls out um <laughs> Mrs. Voorhees' head. Yeah. Like rotting head. To show how bad we are with names, it took me a second to realize <laughs> that you calling him Brainiac wasn't his name. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, pretty, then you get some, a pretty horrific scene after they disturb yeah. the head. Um, Jason yeah, the- is under the floorboards. And the guy is on the ground, and he's just Jason is stabbing his machete up through the floorboards. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, it's getting him gets through his foot, gets through his hand. Yeah, like not even like directly into the foot, but it's like, like goes through it. it. Yeah, yeah, like in one side and out the other kind of thing, and into his leg and. Yeah, it was pretty pretty gross. Yeah, just kind of slowly stabbing him. Yeah, I didn't like it. it grossed me out. Um, but then he basically like punches up through the floor and drags him down and. The woman who we learn is her name is Whitney. She's going to be important later. Which there's also an important thing before Jason comes in there is that they found that necklace or that locket with a picture of Jason and his mom. And surprise, surprise, guess who looks just like (laughs) Jason's mom? Little Whitney. Yeah, looks just like the mom. Whitney. Yeah. So anyway, Whitney escapes, runs back to camp, and finds um, Richie with his leg stuck in a bear trap, and. The other one, the other girl, yeah. um, in a, this is pretty horrific too. Yeah. She's in a sleeping bag hung up in the tree over the fire. So yeah. Jason's like cooking her over the fire in her sleeping bag. Which I heard Jason got the idea for that from seeing in the first one, tying the doorknob and throwing it <laughs> over the beam. There it is. Yeah. Flawless. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so she gets burned to death. Pretty gruesome. The dude with the bear trap on his leg, that's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Some good good gore in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as some of the other ones. Honestly, like... This movie calls for it, though. Yeah. The other one's not so much. This sequence, though, that we're talking about right now, I think is the best part of the movie. I yeah. thought this was going to be the bulk of the movie. I had never seen this before. I didn't know what to expect. Um, no, that would have been much better, This because it would have been about... I don't know. It, this part felt like a Friday the 13th movie. The rest of it did not. Sure. Um, so the, Whitney's trying to help the dude get the bear trap off his leg. He gets macheted in the head. Yeah, that was really... That was a great scene. Yeah. That shot. Because the fake head. And and then we get the credits. So we're, we're like yeah. 25 minutes into the movie. And we get the big Friday the 13th title card. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the longest ones. Yeah. So I, I was shocked that that wasn't going to be the rest of the movie. Yeah, even though I said, even though you were asking about names, I said that's ah, not really important. These people aren't going to make it in the next five minutes, because I had seen it back in. It came out two thousand nine, so probably around two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah, but I had forgotten all of it except yeah. one scene, which didn't turn out to be exactly what I thought it was. That great so, memory of yours, man. I usually have a good memory. Uh-huh. Just you can see why I chose to forget. Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, so now we've had basically two different movies in this movie the opening sequence this sequence and now we're on to our third main sequence at least this one is more tied to the rest of the story than Which the one? pre-credit scene uh, pre-credit scene or the pre-pre-credit scene yeah like it was happening as the credits were rolling type yeah. thing that felt more like we have to get this out of the way yeah gotta do this a little bit of like they did with batman versus superman with Batman's story. Mm-hmm. They did that all through the credits, more or less. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring that up. Yeah, it's okay. I won't hold it against you. All right. We'll power through this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much about it. We'll just... <laughs> <laughs> you hate this movie. <laughs> I, no, I didn't hate it. I When it was over, I, I said, you know, it was enjoyable for what it was. And that's what these movies are, just fun, turn-your-brain-off slasher movies. Yeah, I thought it was that for sure. The slasher movie. Um I just, I just hate, um, this is going to go off on a tangent, I feel, but I hate the tone of these like mid-2000s remakes. They yeah. all have the exact same tone. All the ones we've done so far, Black Christmas, My Bloody Valentine, um, Nevermind Elm Street, Friday the 13th, they have that, that, that feel. Yeah, that shitty 2000s tone. Yeah. Prom Night was a special. That was the oh, worst. Oh, yeah, Prom Night, too. Most of the ones we've done. Because there was, like, this big surge of remakes, so yeah. we're finding ourselves kind of wading through this time period. There are more that they even mentioned in that documentary that, well, they didn't mention they showed the the posters for, but some of them are going to be better because they're not, I mean, it's just flashy and yeah, trying to appeal to a younger audience. Yeah. All right. Um... So now there's so many, so many characters. There's a group of seven <laughs> that are heading to Trent's cabin. So Trent is this is this bro who, as mm-hmm. Mike said earlier, everybody hates this guy. Yeah. All his friends hate him. He hates all his friends. Yeah. So what they're all doing together at this cabin is beyond me. And I said during the movie, and he looks like Tom Cruise basically. Like, he acts like I expect Tom Cruise to act. So, to give you a reference. And in that documentary, he has his haircut, and he is Tom Cruise. Mm. It's scary. 
He just comes across like a rich bro in yeah. this movie. He didn't in the documentary. So. Yeah. It's uh, acting. <laughs> acting. Yeah. Um, they stop at a gas station where they meet Clay, mm-hmm. who again is Jared from uh, Supernatural. Who is kind of a bit of a dick, too. Yeah, but also he his sister's been missing for yeah, a month. But he's and his mother just died of 10. cancer. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to stick up for old Clay here, yeah. but you got to give him a little more credit than Trent for God's sake. Yeah, Trent. Trent's he's, just a piece of shit for no yeah, reason. Yeah, he's a prissy little. Yeah. Jerk. Anyway, so as we find out the backstory, Whitney from the from the previous segment is Clay's sister. He's out looking for her. Yeah. Which we assume she's dead because right before it cut to Friday the 13th, Jason, who actually, one of the my favorite things about this is how fast he runs in this. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah, he runs and then he goes to slash the machete and it cuts. So we ah, assume she's dead. Got it. I don't even remember that. I didn't either until I rewatched the documentary. Yeah. So Trent and Clay immediately butt heads. Those, they all leave. Clay just goes door to door. He's just driving his little motorcycle and in his you know leather jacket around town, with pictures of his sister, trying to find out where she's at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of the whole setup. It's um, kind of the rest of the movie too. Yeah, he ends up at one at one place, which really is pretty inconsequential. He meets this hillbilly who's like chipping wood, um, and yeah. they talk for a second, and then it's it's that guy uh, Donnie. Who later, um, he's in the barn, uh, Jason comes in, he like pulls Jason's mask off, mask off. we get like the only real, real look in the movie at his face. Yeah. It's a very brief glance at his face. It was supposed to be more later. Yeah. Um, he kills Donnie, obviously, and then he finds the hockey mask. Which was supposed to be different, which he, what, what is the character, Donnie? Donnie. He's supposed to be wearing the mask. And then he comes in, lobs his head off, and then you just see his head unmasked fall, and then he's wearing the mask. Ah. So this one's actually a better way, I think. He just kind of sees it sitting on Yeah, he's, he kills him, he reaches down, he kind of sees it, picks it up, puts it on, looks at himself in the mirror. Does <laughs> I'm a little, so pretty. <laughs> does a little twirl. <laughs> calls yeah. his girlfriends up, they uh-huh. go out for coffee. Yeah. Wait, that's not this movie. <laughs> Uh, so that's that whole thing. He has once he has the hockey mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty much just into it. Um, one of the the couples from this the group of seven is just this unnamed blonde couple. Well, they're named, but we did not take the time. <laughs> we're gonna to unname learn their them. Yeah. This unnamed blonde couple decides to go out on the boat. She's topless for no Water particular skiing. reason. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, I don't know. He, they're right. I don't know how to describe this this scene. Well, he gets shot in the throat with an arrow. No, no, no. He gets. He's doing something. Turns around, loudly woos. Yeah. And then he gets an arrow, like kind of cocked through the side of his head. Oh, it goes through his head. Yeah. And then he kind of just falls, and the boat heads towards some rocks, and she doesn't realize she can. Oh no, she falls, doesn't she? Yeah, she gets bashed she in the falls head with first, the boat. And then he's turning around to go pick her up. Yeah. And then that's when he gets shot, and that's when she gets hit in the head with a boat. Yeah, she gets conked with the boat. Uh, she tries to hide under a pier. Yeah. Um, 
And then I, I thought this was kind of funny. Yeah. He, uh, Jason. Well, the sound effects. Yeah. Jason's like machetes through the pier into the top of her head. Yeah. And then like goes to pull the machete out of her head and, you she know, she lifts out of the water for a second. Yeah. And then. And then just thump. Yeah. Falls Which that in. was supposed to be different. That was actually, because she sees. You've got a lot of that was supposed to be different. Yeah, it was. It, it was supposed like, to be a very different yeah, movie, which this scene, like I feel like, of all the ones that there are only real three that I remember, is the second one. But this one would have been probably the best change. It was because before she, you know, he's dead, she gets hit with a boat, then she sees Jason standing on the shore, like in the trees. And it was supposed to be she's trying to swim you know down the shore to get away from him and he's just slowly walking following her oh so she can't she can't go anywhere and then it was supposed to go back to everybody else the next few scenes and then come back to her and it's nighttime and he's still like walking with her and she'd rather drown than go get off too scared to get off on the shore oh so she just drowns yeah I can see why they changed that. I mean, that's not really... It doesn't have the slasher vibe. Yeah, that's supposed to be... That was more psychological. For sure. Which would have been added to the movie, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a lot darker. Yeah. To your complaint of it, here's 10 minutes of a kill, here's more kill, that would have added a little more Sure, a little depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Clay mm-hmm. is now with... I don't know if we ever figured out. Her name is Jenna, but is she... Is she Trent's girlfriend? Is she Trent's sister? No one is, she is just together. Trent's friend? They're all just friends. All right. And who are mooching off of Rich Trent and his dad. Okay. Who has a house full of heirlooms. A family mansion heirlooms. full of heirlooms. Yes. Um, I like Trent. Ugh, don't sympathize with Trent. I'm not sympathizing with him. I just I love how he, when he chooses to go nuts. <laughs> when he's just a huge douchebag. Yeah. And then one scene, he's just cleaning his car. <laughs> <laughs> Like the uh, inside of his car, not out there washing it. Yeah. <laughs> He's nuts. Um, so Clay and Jenna are kind of poking around. They find the bro- a broken GPS from the weed bros in the beginning. Yeah. Um, they find a tripwire uh, that they don't know where it goes. But they keep pulling on it. Yeah. Um, and we find out that Whitney is still alive. And Jason has been keeping her alive, like we said earlier, because she looks like yeah. his mother. Because the tripwire leads down to a bunch of bells. In I guess he's underground. He's like well, it's like under the cabin or yeah, under, under the house, his mom's right? house. Yeah, yeah. He has like a weird tunnel system under there. Yeah, which I assume that's how we find out that people came that first time around. Probably they probably tripped something. Yeah. Waking the beast. Yeah. Um, back at the mansion, mm-hmm. uh, we got a quick sequence of kills. We have our pothead Chewy, who breaks a, ch- a family heirloom. Breaks a chair. Because mm-hmm. uh, he burns his mouth on a hot drink. Oh, yeah. So he heads into the tool shed. Um, to, a tool mansion. A tool mansion to fix the chair. And uh, he gets stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver. Yeah, which, from what I gather, that actor is a little bit insane. <laughs> Why is that? Like, right before, like in the middle of shooting, he had a stomach obstruction and had to get stomach surgery. So he's just held by staples. But then he asked, I forgot the guy who plays Jason, who apparently everybody loved. Oh, yeah. Um, he's what's a, his name? Yeah, Derek Mears? Yeah, he's he's a huge fan, and he helped like bring a lot of the touches from the original ones to it. Interesting. But he asked him to throw him 
He's like, are you sure? He's like, no, nah, throw me, it'll be great. And then to steal away from you for a second, he gets, how does he die? The machete? Probably a machete. Who? Chewie. Oh, he gets stabbed in the screwdri- with a screwdriver, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. In the like, neck? Yeah, like puts his head back and stabs him directly in the neck. Yeah. And then he has the blood pack in his mouth or something, and he goes to spit it up, but he, like, after it, the Jason actor whose name I already forgot. <laughs> Derek Mears. Derek. Uh, I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. He's like, I had the blow in my mouth, but I ran it through my sinuses to make it come sp- spurting out. He's like, oh my that's, God. Just, that's dedication. That's this disgusting. isn't worth it. Yeah, no, that's He's disgusting. like, yeah, but he goes, it looks cool. So that mm. guy's nuts. That's probably why we haven't seen much of him. He did this in Disturbia. Mm. Uh, rear window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Shia LaBeouf and rear window. Yeah, uh, Jason cuts the power to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good with his hands. Yeah, it's very handy. Well, what do you think he's been doing for fifty years? I mean, he's yeah, he's had to be. Yeah, he's reading up. He's an educated man. <laughs> mm. um, Chewie's friend Lawrence goes out to look for him. Gets attacked by Jason. Uh, Jason does a really cool like overhand axe throw yeah like he's very athletic yeah he's very like agile in this and movie. that character lawrence bothered me because when we first see him he's making a lot of like oh why why are you making that comment that's a racist comment not yeah. all black people like rap or I think his or first that. three lines are various uh weird like racial things yeah. and i feel like that might be where we see the changes constantly being made in the script because later he's just like chill and relaxed, and I liked him a lot then. Yeah, he like very different character from the first part to, yeah. the, to the end. Um, well, he's dead now anyway. Axed. R.I.P. Yeah, never forget poor Lawrence. Yes. Um, Which that was a weird scene too, because he's gets axed axed in the back, and then Jason uses him as like a trap, because he's right outside the house. Oh yeah, he's like and luring. he's screaming and yelling for help, and they're all debating if they should go. Yeah. yeah. I think then, then Jason just goes up to him yeah. and turns Jason, him over. He's an impatient man. Stops him. Yeah, and yeah. goes through his chest. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, he gets in the house then, and he, there's another woman who is there. <laughs> and he hangs her on a pair of antlers in the bathroom. Yeah, she's the one that was boned in Trent. Ah, yes. Anyway, antlers for her. <laughs> <laughs> Which, she dies like... She gets... First, Jason, like, suffocates her. Then he hangs her up on the antlers. Then Trent, who has a gun, is freaking out. Just starts shooting through the door and shoots her off of the antlers. Yeah. And then they're trying to make their getaway, and then she's thrown onto the car. Oh, yeah. She got it pretty bad. Yeah, she went through hell. (laughs) Very. (laughs) As opposed to being stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver. Right, and then left. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, The police show up at this point. Well, one police officer... And Jason... Yeah, this uh, might have been my favorite shot. ...stabs him through the eye. Just the way the camera went from on the other side of the door, and then Jason shoving the eye, or the poker, whatever, through his eye. Yeah. And apparently went through the eye hole in the door. Oh. And then, like, the camera goes from one side to the other side, and you follow the poker through. I like that scene. I'm not even sure I noticed that, to be honest with you. I didn't notice it, but the documentary thing. Ah, the documentary. The documentary. The documentary. The fabled documentary. documentary. So scholarly. Yeah, I just watched that today Uh, to make sure that I got... 
all the info to make this all you know, these little tidbits give it some padding mm. do you go and uh <laughs> well okay as we're going through <laughs> this just now i'm realizing how much this is just like one kill to the next kill to the next kill to the next kill and that's what i expected I mean, nothing's even happening. It's just... But the kills are interesting, at least. If the kills weren't interesting, this would be absolutely unbearable. This would barely be a movie. Like Prom Night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes. Exactly like Prom this Night. This is Prom Night, except... If you haven't heard yeah. our Prom Night episode yet, go listen to that. Yeah. Because we didn't like those movies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't think anybody did... All right. I don't want to talk about prom night anymore. Mike's best friend, Trent, is running through the woods now. Mm-hmm. He uh, comes out in front of a tow truck. He's real skeptical of the tow truck driver's intentions. He doesn't want to get in the tow truck. Well, the tow truck doesn't, driver doesn't say anything. Yeah, he, he just sticks his hands up and goes, ugh, ugh. So then Jason just comes and impales him on the back of the tow truck, and the tow truck driver drives away. Well, the tow truck driver, Trent, was... My best friend is, <laughs> is right to be skeptical. He's like, uh, I don't know. And then Jason just comes out and axes him. Or not axes him, machetes him, and then like picks him up with it and then throws him onto the back. Yeah. And then he's driven off. And we find out the tow truck driver is just an old man with an oxygen tank who can't talk. Hmm. <laughs> Freaks the hell out and drives off. Yeah, drives off with a dead kid on the back of his yeah. car. Explain that one, huh? He's probably going to be in trouble. He That's got another spinoff. He's got some explaining to do. Yeah, the tow truck, poor tow truck driver's in Did you jail. you like my Ricky Ricardo? I didn't. <laughs> um, so, oh God, who's left? I think just Clay and Jenna. And? And then obviously his sister. Everyone which, at the house is they, dead, right? Yes, everyone's dead. Do they have... Her, his sister yet? No, they're headed there now. Okay. So they're at the Voorhees house. They don't know she's alive yet. Right. Well, Jason's killing all the rich kids. Mm-hmm. Clay and Jenna are at rich. the Voorhees house. Yeah. They find Whitney. Um, they can't. They they can't get out of this tunnel thing. So they decide to go through this little tiny hole. So as they're crawling through the hole, Jenna's the last one in, and she gets macheted through her body. Yeah. And then dragged back out of the hole. Which that one, even watching again, surprised me. What surprised? Because you? she seems like she's the the final girl. Yeah, because she doesn't. She's not drinking. She turns on sexual advances. True. She's not any of that stuff. But she still gets it, so no one's safe. Yeah, she's like the Laurie Strode of just the good, nice, normal yeah, except girl. Except not interesting whatsoever. She's Fair the enough. love interest for Clay. Mm-hmm. Although, but then later, eh, whatever. Not worth talking about. Anyway, the tunnel apparently comes out into an overturned bus, yeah. which was kind of cool. Yeah, that was. So they're in this bus, Clay and uh, his sister Whitney and Jason, and they're just kind of um, duking it out mm-hmm. inside the bus. Um, which, he again, the ever the gentleman, uh, Clay crawls first, leaving them yeah, to be he, victimized by Jason. He goes through everything first, <laughs> just in case Jason's on their <laughs> yeah. tail. He's not going to get grabbed. So he climbs on top of the bus, and then his face by Jason is being smashed into every <laughs> single window. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And there are... He does... I don't know if we had seen it yet, but Jason does come through the window and grabs him. Oh, the window. Mm-hmm. I made sure I watched for it. Oh, boy. The iconic window sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, almost done. Uh, they escape again. They make their way to, uh, if you remember our good friend Donnie, who owned the barn. 
They escape to Donnie's barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a struggle. Whitney decides to like try to channel, to speak to Jason as if she's his mother. Which is from the second one. Right. Works for like a second, long enough to like string him up with a chain. They kind of stick him into the wood chipper. I don't know why they wouldn't shove him all the way in. Well, he's so big, they throw the wood chipper or the chain in there so it hangs him. The chain yeah. pulls and hangs him. But he's and just, then it breaks. Yeah, he's just chilling in the wood Which chipper. Which is how the third one ends? He gets hung? Uh, I think something like that. Not the one with the bikers? Yeah. That's the one where he gets hung, right? Yeah, I think so, because there's yeah. a big barn in that one. So, they dump his body into the lake. Well, no. First, the because he falls down, and then he gets up and takes a piece of wood and smashes clay over the face. Then he gets pulled in, and he was initially supposed to have the mask off, and it was supposed to be a big emotional thing of him being confused about oh, why like his mother is killing alive? him. Yeah. I see. Yeah, but then he dies. Again, that would have added a little more depth to the yeah. story. And they said, nah, they, it didn't play well, apparently, in, with audiences, so they changed it. Hmm. Test screening. Well, they dump him in the lake. Getting rid of the murderer... Pinning all the murders on them now. Yeah. So now there's like 12 dead bodies and no murderer. Yeah. Classic. But he breaks through the pier mm-hmm. and grabs Whitney. Slam credits. Homage to the original. Yep. Which I like that part. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you didn't think he was going to be dead. Well, yeah. He doesn't die. But they did a good job of, it was right as Jared, whatever his last name is. Clay. Clay. Yeah, reaches over to comfort her and then, Jason! Yeah. Yeah. And the end. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, it is what it is. I'll yeah. revisit it again in a few years. Did you like Many it? Many few years. I like it for what it is. You like it more than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? Oh, yeah. Do you like it more than the Halloween remake? Nah. I feel like the Halloween remake is a little over the top mm-hmm. in terms of, you know. Well, it's Rob Zombie dark it's it is yeah but i feel like it pays the red amount of like i was saying before where halloween is a little it's on a different level and this that one's on a different level whereas fred 13's campy and this is very campy too so yeah not as good neither of them are as good as the original but yeah i think i just uh you know we we talked about it earlier but i, I kind of miss like, I miss that that vibe of like the 1980s one. And I'm not even sure it could be done now, mm-hmm. but I long for that sort of vibe, because this this one didn't have that vibe at all. Well, it's because it was trying to be too stylized. Yeah, it's very stylized. It's very like for edgy teenagers. You know, it's like how much nudity can we get away with? How many weed jokes can we make? Yeah, I think I think they absolutely could pull that feeling back, especially with the way like with Stranger Things and. Oh, that's coming back. It's true. There's like a nostalgia. They, you boom. know that you can pull that feeling back in. It's just they were trying to accomplish in 2009 what the 1980 accomplished, yeah. which it didn't. Which was, yeah, just to be shocking for the time period. Yeah. They but I, I think that's not period. what people want anymore. People which, who are big fans of this stuff are are going in for the nostalgia, not for the... Not because they were still, they want to be shocked by yeah. it anymore. They don't expect to be shocked. No, they expect it's to just a have formula those, at this point. Yeah, they want those warm, fuzzy feelings. That and it gives them. the original writers wanted to set it in the 1980s, hmm. but it didn't go that way. Yeah. So it could have been a much better movie. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even talk about this 
comparing it to the 1980 because it barely is a remake. I've been speaking in general about it being to the... Just kind of about the first, whole franchise? Yeah, up to four. After four, that's when things go off the deep end. Sure. Well, with five, it's not actually Jason. Oh, it's in, in the fifth one. It's a who, it yeah, it's a, oh, who's doing it? Turns out it's not even Jason. He's not oh, even in it. No kidding. Yeah, bad. It's like a Halloween 3. Yeah, that's how they compare it. Interesting. Um, but a guy dressing as Jason, so might as well be. Marcus copycat. Yeah. Interesting. Well, do you want to look at the two questions? Let's do it. All right. First up, does the remake stand up to the original? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it so. It stands either. up to other movies in the franchise, but not... Yeah. Like, this fits snugly as a sequel, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it absolutely holds its own against two or three, but it's just, it's not comparable to the first one. No. It doesn't, like we said, it doesn't capture any of the mystery. It doesn't capture any of, like, the, the they, naturalness, the camaraderie of it. They weren't even going for it. No, I know. It's yeah. weird. So maybe it's not fair to judge it on, a, on something they weren't even attempting, but... I don't know. It just they it doesn't trying. capture the feel yeah. of the original. Second question. Should it have been remade at all? No. Hmm. Because you they and they understood this going in. You can't have a Friday the 13th movie without Jason. Right. Which is kind of how they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. It's almost... It would have just been better to keep it going. Yeah. Friday the 13th part 12. They shouldn't have tried to remake it. They shouldn't have labeled it as a remake. They, right. sh- they should just have named it, it Friday the 13th. Yeah. Here's the next one. Right. Friday the 13th. Because if you're going to remake, if you're going to reboot the series, it really does need to be an origin. Yeah. Not, here's the origin story in two and a half minutes. Yeah. Because they're basically saying like, well, we understand that we can't do an official remake, so this is the best we can do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with with a franchise as long running and as iconic as Friday the 13th, it doesn't need to be remade. Yeah, coming up to 40 years yeah. soon. You don't need to restart Friday the 13th. It's yeah. the train's already yeah. moving. It is what it is. Yeah. You don't like treat it like a James Bond. We don't need to start from the very first one. Yeah, right. Those. Just give yeah. us a new story. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what they've been doing for 30 yeah. years. I don't know. Well, they were about to make a 13th, but yeah, that crept out, as it's, I foresaw. Yeah. You did prophesy that that yeah. was going to crap I, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever get off the ground? I don't know. I feel like it could, especially now with the, you know, pop culture being looking back to the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. I think it has a good chance. I just don't know who's right for it. And we'll see. I think it might have a very good chance seeing how, how the new Halloween movie works. That's true, the new John Carpenter-led yeah. uh, Halloween one. Which is exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got anything else you want to add? Anything from, else from your documentary you want to mention? I would recommend the documentary in pieces. What's it called again? Uh, it's called Memories from Camp Crystal Lake. It's also uh, a book they released, too. Ah. So. Cool. Maybe watch it as because they go through all 12 movies in the TV series, too. So sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the remake mistake. Uh, check out wolfbaneblooms.com for all sorts of uh, reviews and quizzes and lists. We actually have a Friday the 13th quiz up on the site, which is pretty tricky. So go give that a shot and see how you do. Um, 
You can find us on iTunes and Google Play and Overcast and all sorts of podcast places. Uh, Subscribe, give us a rating if you dug it, and uh, we'll see you around. I forgot the first rule of remakes, Joe. Don't fuck with the original.